1: Radio is live on the air. I'm your host KZ, and I'm joined this week
2: by my co-host Alex Sink.
1: Radio, Who the fuck
0: knows what's going to happen? Well, hello, welcome to Rubber Guard Radio. We're here on Valentine's Day and uh we're here with uh SoCal Pro promoter Jeff Dino. How's it going, Jeff? Okay, I. Hello, Hello? Jeff. Jeff. hello? This
2: is,
0: this is Eric, bro. Eric Watts,
1: okay. Wait, one Fashion second.
0: Party. Jeff Dino? Yes. Okay, so we're here with uh, Jeff Dino and Eric Watts. Je- Eric, you're not supposed to be up until 8. Eric, what the hell
1: are you doing, man? He's so excited he got a booking and he screws up the time.
0: <laughs> well, if Eric, what are you doing tonight, Eric? If you want, we can also to be my co-host tonight. We can discuss the SoCal Pro Show. Did we lose? Yeah, we lost. Well, I'll I'll call you guys back in an hour. (laughs) Or if you want, we can talk about the SoCal Pro Show with Jeff. Let's
2: talk about that. Let's talk about the money Jeff owes me for.
1: Yeah, I'm
0: glad glad Eric's on the phone. He owes me $5 for a
1: broken folding chair. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey,
0: guys, I got the card in front of me. So uh, we're going to run through all the matches and then – Eric, you can give your opinions on the match, and then Jeff, you can kind of give us a little bit of insight uh, from the promoter standpoint. All right, the opening match was uh, a guy you're very familiar with, Eric uh, Chimera, and he defeated Nick Jackson. So, what, what, was, what was your thoughts on that match, Eric?
2: I thought it was a really fun match. Um, kind of sad to see Chimera get hurt a little bit there. Uh, he hurt his back. They did a little spot where uh, I, don't know, I guess like he spin kicked Nick, or Nick spin kicked him, and he went on his foot and. Wasn't nice.
0: But it was a good match, though.
2: It was a really good match. Um, Chimera if, uh, got it. You got nice heat. If you, if you
0: want to see uh, highlights of that match, uh, SoCal Pro and also Chimera on MySpace, actually through Chimera's YouTube, they put up a music video of the match. So uh, if you have SoCal Pro as a friend on MySpace, you can see a music video of that match. So, uh, Jeff, what what do you think about the Chimera uh, Nick Jackson match?
1: Oh, I thought it was a great match. Um... It was probably one of the best matches of the night. It was just pretty much nonstop action the whole match, the whole way through. Uh, They even took it into the crowd a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, like you said, there's a a video online right now. It's it's a clip video, music video of the match. And um, I'll throw it up on the website, too, for people to see. Just go to the website, SoCalProWrestling.com. And on the main page, there'll be a link for videos. And I'll try and get that up there today or tomorrow.
0: Awesome, awesome. Okay. Yeah,
1: uh, that I, I thought that was a great match. It was a real fun match to watch. And um like I said it was it was one of the best matches of the night.
0: Okay, the second match, uh Johnny Goodtime versus Billy Blade. Eric, what are some of your thoughts on that?
2: Okay, from a technical standpoint, it was good. But I think because the first match was so good, I think the crowd was like kinda they were spoiled early. And they wanted to see, like, another match that was like that, but this was uh, different. It was different. This match was worked differently than the first one. This wasn't as high spotty. You know, this was more of just a uh, go in the ring and work, you know, classic yeah. stage versus, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. This was more of a technical match, and they really – they didn't really leave the ground too much. And so, yeah, I, I have to agree with Eric on that one. I think the crowd was crowd was pumped after the Nick Jackson match, and then they uh, they were kind of – I feel like they were kind of hoping for another, you know, another spot match too. Uh not like not like that was just a spot match, but uh they were hoping for more action than, than Goodtime and Billy Blade gave, you know, like 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 you said, it was they were they were keeping it for the mat most of the matchup. Uh except for the end, uh Johnny Goodtime did a dive to the outside too, which was cool. Uh he doesn't do too much of those. So that was always nice to see.
0: Yeah, we saw him doing dives at the AWS show, so we were like, "Hey, Johnny, what's going on? How can you go do dives at uh, SoCal Pro?" So, uh, I, g- I guess he decided to bring his working boots with him to SoCal Pro. <laughs> okay, so the third match—I was just joking. Johnny, good time for listening. Maybe Johnny, good time that beat. So well, you—you can make fun of him. Yeah, I well, can bury him. We have heat.
2: Yeah, uh, I didn't, uh, had a good time working at AWS. Ex- I thought many rocket dude.
0: Okay, uh, the third match was uh, the Ballard Brothers. And they continue their uh, tossing, telling uh, SoCal pro promoter Jeff Dino that they are the uncrowned tag team champions. And they keep proving their point every month, Jeff. And they beat Ricky Mandel and Hitcher Canales. Now, I thought I thought Jeff, this was going to be the one because Ricky actually got the pinfall on one of the Ballards.
1: Yeah, he got a he got a pinfall, and what do you see? One of the Ballards is on the outside. He puts his brother's foot up on the ropes, and the ref sees that his foot was on the rope, and so he. Asked for the match to continue, and Ricky Mandel gets gets pinned yet again. He's 0 for 9 now in SoCal Pro. He hasn't won a match yet. So hopefully uh, hopefully in the next couple months he'll get a big win. If not next month, I think it would be great. The fans are definitely behind him, and, you know, they really do want to see him get a win, and they're behind him every match, every show that he comes. So, we'll Eric, do what that. do
0: you think about it?
2: I was sad to see Ricky not win that match. I really thought he would take that one. Um, like you said, he had the match one. He had his uh it was like a it was an inverted it was, it was like a chest breaker type of move, double me- double knees to the chest. And I thought that was it and uh he even got, you know, he had the belly pin but, you know, the bell's foot was on the rope so there's not much he could have done other than accept the ref's ruling and, you know, continue wrestling. In which case the bell is in that old switcheroo and, you know, works every time. Uh-
0: The Ballards, as a tag team, I think you could put two brooms in there, and they can get a good match out of the two brooms. So no disrespect to uh, Ricky Mandel and Hector Canales, because they're they're, uh, very, I I believe they're, you know, under five years in the business, maybe even under three, but uh, they're they're good for where they're at. But, I mean, uh, the Ballards are just on a different level of tag teams. The Ballards, the Ballards
1: The Ballards are an amazing tag team, so. You know, I mean, you can't feel too bad when you when you get a loss to them. Um, but obviously a win would, would make you feel a lot better. And you can ask Good Time and Evangelic that as well, because they, they did pin them a few months back.
0: I, I think I've, I've brought this up on the show before, and then maybe you can think of some other names too, Eric, but like the Ballards and Chris Daniels are like some of the few oldest guys still working the so that are still really, really good. You, you know what I'm trying to say? yeah the Ballers
2: are the ballards are better than a lot of the guys like out there. They're probably in the top five tag teams that I know of that are on in indies now in the in the country
0: mm-hmm.
2: they they really i put them up there with uh the Briscoes and uh or SoCal, the young bucks they're pretty good um there are a couple other ones I'm not thinking of right now but the Ballards, every time they wrestle their matches are always four to five stars every single time the Ballards are yeah
0: the ba- I can't put over the Ballard brothers enough and then actually uh I just started going to SoCal Pro Shows upon uh, when I started training at New Wave, and um, I, I first saw the Ballard Brothers there in the three-way tag match at the Superclass show, and then um, I never realized what I was missing out on see the Ballards wrestle every month. And now it's a, it's a really great honor be able to see the Ballards wrestle every month because they're, they're just so amazing, their timing and everything's so great. But no, enough about the, the Ballards' awesomeness. Uh, the next match, you brought up the Young Bucks. It just
1: the makes you match. want to have business, right, Alex? What's that? It just makes you want to quit the business now,
2: right? <laughs> I should sure quit. That's a good idea. <laughs>
0: Enough about me. Okay. Uh, we, had, we had Matt Jackson against Brandon Bonham. Now, uh, this was a very interesting match. It was NorCal meets SoCal in this match. And uh, what were your thoughts on it, Ed?
2: Well, I had never seen uh, Mr. Bonham before. Um I liked his look. He had a unique look. I haven't seen yellow wet shorts before. Um, it was a fun match. Uh, it was pretty uh, even throughout the match until towards the end, Matt kind of took over and pretty won pretty decisively. But other than that, I thought it was a, it, well, with that. It was a really good match.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I, feel the, I feel the same way. I thought it was I thought it was a great match all the way through. And you know, it was their first time meeting each other, and, and I think they worked really well together. Uh, I think the crowd liked it too. Yeah. And actually, before um, I
0: get actually before I get too too far ahead of myself, I apologize because I just remember the finish of this match. And if we can go back to the second match, uh, the Johnny Goodtime Billy Blade match. After that match, um, mistake. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Brad, Brandon Cutler came in and did a run in and attacked Johnny Goodtime. Now. Uh,
1: yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, he he jumped the guardrail and and pretty much beat down Johnny Goodtime. Nobody knows why. No one, you know, uh, one of the uh, the commentators went over to him trying to get some comments after he was leaving the ring, and, and he wouldn't say anything. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure we'll see these two match up sometime in the near future.
0: Definitely, if not, definitely. possibly next month then. And the reason why I brought that up is I also remember that after after the end of the Matt Jackson Brandon Bonham match. That uh, the Ballard brothers came in and attacked uh the the member of the Young Bucks.
1: Yeah, uh Matt Jackson and Bonham they you know, they uh they shook hands after the match and while they were done the, the Ballards came in and jumped them from behind and uh, they started taking them down for a little bit. Um uh, until Mick Jackson came in to make the save. And uh they pretty much brawled to the brawled to the back uh not before, uh, not before uh, someone—I can't remember who it was—who got thrown into the crowd.
2: Um, it was uh, it was I think it was Shane Ballard. So
1: Shane uh, Shane Ballard landed on Mister Mister Eric Watts.
2: Yeah, you'll be hearing from my lawyer pretty soon about that one.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh, we have a
1: broken chair
0: as a result. It's not the first time it's happened in uh, SoCal Pro. Broken chairs. It's,
1: it's not. It's not the first time uh, Mr. Dino Windwood uh, broke the first chair that was broken at SoCal Pro. <laughs> nice. And he has never. He hasn't been seen from since. So. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All
0: right. The, the big main event that we had was the, the big tag team match: SoCal Crazy and Baby Slim versus Jason Redondo and Adam Pierce. Um, SoCal crazy. Um, he's he's really really good. He's, I mean he's really 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 good. And um, I'm not just putting him over like that because he's one of my trainers. I mean this guy, uh,
2: he, he's
0: he's 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 uh, I think one of the better guys in San Diego, if not one of the best guys in San Diego. And um, he's teaming with another San Diego native, Baby uh, Slim, against Jason Redondo and Adam Pierce. Um, what were some of your thoughts on that match, Eric?
2: This match was my personal favorite, because it was it had an old-school feel to it, um, and the crowd was just, they were insane, the entire match. It was incredible. Like, Pierce and uh, Redondo got just, just massive amounts of heat from the crowd, and I I, I loved it. Um, you know, so-called so crazy, it Was uh, he was isolated for a bit, um, you know, in the match, and uh, Slim would come in, but the ref would take him back out, and yeah, this match, is just, this match was off awesome. It was my favorite match. Probably the Cup Pro that I've seen. Was, I put this match right up there with the um, Young Bucks versus the Bally Brothers from a few months ago. It was that good. Now,
1: yeah, uh, I, I, I think I, this match, definitely the match of the night. It was, um, the just like Eric said, I mean, the crowd, were, they were on their feet pretty much the whole match. And definitely, um, Redondo and Pierce, they definitely got the heat from the crowd Um, and it was just an amazing match. Definitely uh, SoCal crazy. Um, He's been really stepping it up lately and uh, just giving awesome, awesome matches every single match that he's in.
2: I
0: totally agree. I was having this conversation with someone. Um, C. Edward Vanderpoel is normally the manager for Adam Pearce whenever he does uh, independent shows or uh, NWA shows. But Jason Redondo has a manager named TNT. And uh, C. Edward he he's good in his role. But TNT is also a very, very good manager. I mean, he he understands what the role of a manager is. And I, I honestly think that, no, no offense to Vanderpool, but if both of them would have been out there, it might have been a little bit too much. Yeah. And I think TNT, um, TNT I, I just can't put over this guy enough. I want to get him on the show in the future. TNT, he's just – as I don't know enough about him as I should because TNT, he, he's so smart, you can just tell by – he knows what to do as a manager. And obviously it comes from him knowing what to do in the ring, and unfortunately due to past injuries we'll, uh, we won't be able to see him wrestle. But uh, he, he's, he's I can't put over TNT enough. Then you yeah, have Adam important. Pierce. What, what, in my opinion, one of, the, one of the best wrestlers going right now. Uh, yeah. He's not – Flashier high, you know, he doesn't do a ton kind of high spots, so he might not catch your eye. But if if you're willing to sit there and pay attention, uh, Pierce, what he can do to the crowd, because I mean, so wrestling, you know, it's, it's a show, you know, to get into. It's not always, you know, an exhibition of uh, moves, you know. And Pierce understands that. Pierce is really good for what he does.
2: Yeah, Pierce is Pierce is awesome. Like he just he just he's just awesome. That's all I can say about him.
0: Okay, and also Jeff, uh Jason Redondo earlier in the night, um the ring announcer brought out the the brand new SoCal Pro World Heavyweight title. And uh Jason Redondo already laid his claim to it because he's been saying for months, he's the uncrowned champion. And yeah, actually he got pinned did. in this match by SoCal Crazy.
1: Yeah, he got pinned he got pinned by SoCal Crazy. Uh if if it was Adam Pierce who got pinned he would have lost the title. So, um it was it was definitely uh Definitely lucky for Mr. Pierce, uh, that it wasn't him. But, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the refs came out, brought out a, the new, uh, heavyweight championship belt. And made in, an, the ring announcer made an announcement that the commissioner of SoCal Pro will be making his, uh, presence known on March 22nd at our next show. And so we'll have to, uh, wait and hear what he has to say about the, uh, future of the belt. So I know uh, Jason Redondo thought the belt was being brought out just to be handed to him, but as everybody saw, that wasn't the case. And so we'll have to wait till next the next show and see what happens. So, uh, so, at, the, so at the next yeah. show on the 22nd, we'll have uh, the commissioner uh, make a big announcement.
0: And also the next show, uh, again, for everybody, the website is com. The next show is March 22nd. Um, also, you have a Falls Count Anywhere match between Jason Rodondo and SoCal Crazy.
1: Yeah, that was um, uh, at the end of the match. Um, Adam Pierce and Jason Rodondo made the challenge to SoCal Crazy, and he accepted it. So that's the main event for the next show on March 22nd.
0: Come out and see that one. That's going to be a really, really good match. That's going to be hot. Um,
1: and I, you know, we'll we'll just have to wait and see what what role Mr. TNT plays in this one, as uh, as he's always present in all of the matches that uh, that his man Jason Redondo is in, and a lot of people say he gets a lot of his wins from TNT. So we'll have to wait and see.
0: All right. So March 22nd. That's going to be the next SoCal Pro Show. For uh, any updates on uh, SoCal Pro, check out the website www. Com. And now I'm going to segue us into talking about another promotion in San Diego. That would be the Lucha Libre promotion that's predominant right now. That's LLI, Lucha Libre International Independent. And then uh, I got some quick results written by Paul. And uh, the first match was El Bandito, Blue Wonder Kid, and Matt Twisted versus Condé Jr. and Anchors Away. And, Eric, I know you weren't at the show, so... You don't have comments on these matches, but, uh, Jeff, you were at the whole show. I, I wasn't able to watch the whole show, so uh, I'm not going to be able to give my input, Jeff, so if you would like to say a couple words about every match. Well, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh,
1: uh, KZ wanted me to talk about it, but I really didn't watch half of the show. Um, okay. I was I was out at my booth in the back, man in the table.
2: Okay. Um
1: So I, I can't give you a rundown for every match because um, I was either in the back or or in the back. Uh, So, but from what I saw, it was a great show. If anybody, um, is in the area, definitely make sure you can check out an LLII show. Uh, The next
0: L O I show is when?
1: The next show is in two weeks, on the 24th. And it's at Ocean, it's in Oceanside at the Show Palace, right off Mission, off the 5. Okay. And it's definitely, definitely worth checking out. Um, you know, they bring in a lot of great guys. So, But if you want to run down the cards, we can go through it.
0: Okay, I'm just going to give some quick results. Um, Let me find the results again. Okay, uh, the first match, um, winners were El Bandito, Blue Wonder Kid, and Match Twisted. The second match was uh, The Rock Superstar Chaos and Quintana Dimension versus Angel and X-Torm. And the winners were Chaos and Quintana Dimension. Uh, The third match was Mango... And Tony Casanova against Kaimala and Mattavellico and Mango and Tony Casanova won that match, the fourth match. Ray Bucanero and Ecstasy and kind So of Crazy. That. This one made me jealous. Because <laughs> I am a huge Ray Bucanero fan. And in fact I, I think we might have talked about it on the last show, but uh one of the best tag teams I've seen in Lucha and, and for the CMLL promotion was uh Ray Bucanero and ultimo guerrero and they got back together to see MLL. So that really makes me happy. And uh Ray Bucanero here is teaming with uh one of my favorite workers, SoCal Crazy. And um
2: it it looks
0: like a good match on paper. I wish I'd have been there to see it. And uh I'm losing my spot. Jesus
1: You know what if uh if anybody out there hasn't seen the Pendoleros uh work in a match yet, definitely try and try and find some stuff on them on the internet. Or just come to a show. Those guys are amazing every single match that they're in that I've seen them in. And uh,
0: well, what I understand they were also uh Pandiero was a trainer at uh Rey Mysterio Seniors Gym, which is one of the um it's one of the places to you know, you get trained if you're able to go to Tijuana. Uh if you want to learn, you know, Lucha Libre style, that's one of the predominant uh places to get trained is Rey Mysterio Seniors Gym and well, the Pandilleros won the
1: trainer, and just 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 the match alone with the Pandilleros to see them—that's worth the price of admission. Um, I think those guys are amazing, and um, Pandillero One has been on uh, so far on two shows of uh, from SoCal Pro, and you don't if he, if you don't get a chance to see him, either coming back to SoCal Pro, uh, make sure you definitely come back to an LLII show because uh, they're on every one of those shows.
0: And the main event was Mortiz and Chilango against Psychosis. He showed up in the Rango Kid. And this match went to a no contest because Mortiz turned on Chilango and helped Psychosis and Narengo Kid beat him up. So the next LOI show, February 24th, at the Show Palace. Check out the Lucha Libre. They're, they're, uh, the Show Palace is an awesome venue. And uh, LOI is doing really well there, putting out some good shows. So go check it out. Um, they have what I believe is a lineup up right now, but I'm not going to read that, but it, it's, uh, you show. know what,
1: it's going to change.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, the lineup will change. Um, the lineup
1: always changes, so, you know.
0: <laughs> you might but even hey, Alex I'm, I'm, you
1: never know. Those LII shows, they're really great shows. Uh, they have an open fo- open restaurant that you can buy food. They have uh, an open bar. Uh, so definitely, it's it's worth the time out. For a Sunday afternoon,
0: uh, and then real quick, um, because I did have to leave the LOI show early on a uh, Sunday, I had to actually drive up to Covina and attend the EWF show later that day. And um, I'm gonna go over real quick the results of uh, the I EWF some, show that was at. I heard some uh, interesting stuff happened at that show. Yeah, some interesting stuff did happen. Um, I'm gonna go over real quick. Hair beat the EWF Cruiserweight Champion Marcus Wright in a non-title match. Harris is definitely not a cruiserweight. He's a very, very large man. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a good match. Uh, the next match was Dave the Bruiser versus Rockstar Cordava. The next match was the EWF Tag Team Title Match: The Wave of Death, Black Metal Extreme Loco defeated Ryan Taylor and JP Blackstar. The next match, the whole reason why we came was a. Uh, Vision defeating David E. Jones, and prior to the match, uh, Ryan Stone had an accident. He uh, ended up tripping and uh, damaging his leg on the entrance, and uh, oh, Ryan Stone, he's healing up well. I haven't heard an update on him today, but he went to the, the doctor, and it says he was stable, so hopefully. I heard he was actually faking it. No. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, the next match, the Human Tornado defeated Kid Carnage. The next match, Country Bear defeated EWF American champion, Hook Bomber by disqualification, so Hook Bomber retains the EWF American title. Candace LeRae defeated Katana Vera in the hair versus hair match. Hey, let me ask and you a
1: question. I um I saw that match on paper and uh, I actually didn't hear what happened at the at the end of the show, but did did either one of them actually lose their hair?
0: I honestly we left after the David E. Jones vision match because Ryan Stone had a good back because of his knee. Ah. I'll have to do research
1: on that. I wonder if there's photos
0: out. And uh, Brandon Gatson retained his EWF heavyweight title by defeating in a four-way match, Dan the Man Cobrick, Scorpio Sky, and Vino Gambino. And uh, they announced two matches for March 2nd. Uh, EWF heavyweight champion Brandon Gatson and Scorpio Sky versus Ryan Taylor and JT Blackstar. And Dan the Man Cobrick versus one half of the Rockers, Marty Gennetti. So... That looks like a good mat that looks like a good lineup so far with two matches announced. So if you're in the Covina area March second, uh, definitely go check out that show. And the next EWF show, it got me interested because uh on February 29th, you will see the return of Mikey Henderson. Eric, are you familiar at all with Mikey Henderson?
2: I'm not.
0: Okay, uh Jeff, did you see any Mikey Henderson? I haven't, no. Okay. But I did well, uh, I
1: just get I did just get word that Katana Vera did uh, get a haircut on Sunday afternoon.
0: Okay. Well, uh, you know, Mikey Henderson it buzz
2: buzz cut or it's not
0: buzzed. I hear it was uh, it was just cut. Oh. Mikey Henderson was known as the Suicide King when uh, he was, or I may have gotten his nickname messed up, but uh, when Rod Van Dam uh, in two thousand two thousand two thousand one, I want to say two thousand. Um, he had left E C W due to a contract dispute and he came out to California to UPW and worked two matches for UPW. And the two matches he worked was uh the first one was against Mikey Henderson and the second one was against Christopher Daniels. And that was my first time seeing Mikey Henderson because at the time I was a huge R V D fan so I had to seek out that footage. And uh Mikey Henderson's really good and I've seen some other Mikey Henderson matches. Then he kind of uh he quit working for a while and now it's the return of him, so uh he was always really good before, so hopefully, you know, he comes back in similar shape. And so I'm gonna I'm go over some news real quick, and uh, everyone wants to give their opinions or whatever on some of the news stories. Jeff, do you have to go anywhere?
1: Oh, I'm here for you.
0: Okay, um, Ray Mysterio. Hey, is um, here. So is yeah. So is this
1: is this the beginning of uh, of a KZ free rubber guard show now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this show is uh, gonna be a one time only.
1: Oh uh, uh, right now I, was, I
0: guess he's I was only I was get, only hoping. Casey <laughs> will get lucky. today. He'll he'll wanna do less and less shows.
2: I already I already
0: run the shows when he's on. But uh now that I know how to control the board i see i myself doing a lot more. Okay,
1: uh So we're just Myster- gonna hijack hijack the show now.
0: Well, I can do that, I have his account and password. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, great. So
0: But um Thanks thanks, Casey. Studio Jr. suffered what is believed to be a torn right bicep in a match in Santiago, Chile. And he flew back to the United States to meet with a world-renowned doctor, Dr. James Andrews. He hasn't had an MRI done. His mentality right now is that at all costs, he does not want to miss WrestleMania. So if is recommended, he's going to have a major decision to make. I'm getting all this news from WrestleObserver.com. He, uh, we won't know about Sunday's pay-per-view until he sees Andrews and the severity of the injury. So, um, first starting with you, Eric, uh, what are some of your thoughts on, on that?
2: This is news to me. Um, Raymond Sheer giving advice. Okay. I guess this uh, affects this program with Edge, I guess, obviously, um, which I didn't think he was going to go over in that feud, but it was, the match that we're going to have probably would have been nice to see. It's kind of sad we might not see that. Um, but I look at it like this, it'll be another chance for another guy to be elevated and, you know, attain otherwise unachievable status in the company. So, you know, I look at it as an opportunity for other guys to come up.
0: Jeff, what are some of your thoughts?
1: Um, you know, I know it's it's nobody's intentions to ever get, you know, injured or or get hurt like that, but... It does it does seem like there's a lot of guys in WWE right now just randomly getting injured though. There's a lot of guys coming back from injuries and a lot of guys, you know, leaving right now with injuries.
0: Ray Mysterio Junior is definitely uh
1: and he just um, came back from an injury.
0: Yes, he just came back from uh, his knee injury. It's really unfortunate and um oh speedy recovery for Ray. Um the No Way Out pay-per-views are kind of, they're in between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. And so, oftentimes, the No Way Out pay-per-view is often a throwaway show. oftentimes, they just do uh, just a big, like, I know last year they had the two contenders for the WrestleMania match, and uh, Batista and Undertaker, and they took on, I want to say it was John Cena and... Sure. Shawn Michaels. That was last year's No Way Out event Unfortunately about No Way Out, you go into the pay-per-view, and um, it's it's kind of not, you know, I mean, I I, don't, I I hate the word being thrown around as an insider and spoilers, but if, if a company is booking correctly, you can kind of tell where they're going with stuff, and that's what the fun of wrestling is to me in some cases, because if I know where they're going with something, then if it's good enough, then I want to pay money to see it. How
2: do you feel about that, Eric? I don't know. I'm kind of different. Like I kind of like being surprised. Like uh, although I, I wasn't too happy, I was I was surprised when uh, John Cena had come out number thirty at the Rumble and proceeded to a few Triple H and the fans um, uh, to win the Rumble. Um, uh, I don't know. I like the and I, I like part of me likes the fact that he's gonna get to you know cash in his WrestleMania or his uh, Rumble win at No Way but other part of me, kind of, it's kind of sad to see the the importance of the rumble being kind of diminished by, you know, him innovating no way out. You know, it's supposed to be like a one-way ticket to WrestleMania and only WrestleMania. But I guess now they're going in the direction of uh, having the Money in the Bank be the new, like, you know, most important match in wrestling. But you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Who knows? Ben Soto and others were. We, we can't really tell until it happens.
0: Jeff, how do you feel about that?
1: Um, I, I have to I have to agree with Eric. I think uh, I'm a big fan of the Royal Rumble match, and I think um, you know I like I, I I have to agree with Eric when you say, hey, you win the Royal Rumble, you go straight to Mania. Um, but you know, that was a time where they only had five pay per views a year, so there was no, uh, you know, February pay per view,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know it just went straight to WrestleMania. Um, and the same thing happened with you know same thing happened with King of the Ring, King of the Wing, King of the Ring winner always got a title shot, and slowly that kind of started fading away. So it kind of seems like that's that's what's happened over the last couple of years with uh, the Royal Rumble going to WrestleMania.
0: It's funny that we're talking about that because actually last night I was watching WrestleMania 21 uh, from Los Angeles, and um, the build for that show was just amazing because. Um, you had the interaction between Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels in the Royal Rumble, which set up their match at WrestleMania, and you had the Batista face turn, which they had been teasing since um, at least December, that I remember, that Batista was going to turn face and turn against Evolution, and um, John Cena and, and JBL, uh, the, the John Cena push, back when everyone kind of liked John Cena, um, the John Cena push was real heavy, Um that, that's the that's the way I kind of that was that's my favorite bill. If I watch the Royal Rumble, because everyone's gonna my opinion on it is everyone's gonna buy the Royal Rumble, and if you set your storylines up there and then you milk it out all the way, honestly I want I mean. I understand that they do 12 pay-per-views a year, and I understand it's probably more financially lucrative than WWE. I mean, who am I to tell Vince McMahon he's wrong because he's making more money than all of us? But <laughs> I'd almost like to see the February pay-per-view done away with because it, it's kind of almost a throwaway show unless you do a kind of situation like they're doing this year with uh, the winner of the Royal Rumble challenging the after their way out. But then again, it kind of makes the Royal Rumble mean, you know, mean less, you know? agree. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. Uh,
1: I I totally agree with you there.
0: Okay, so in some more news that I'm pulling from the Russell Observer, this was actually reported yesterday by Dave Master. There's a uh this is not mixed martial arts so this is not your that's maybe not your expertise, but uh a new promotion had a press conference in Japan. There's a promotion called let me find the name. It is I can't find the name here but I know they've named the promotion but um there is a new promotion opening up by K-1 in the former Pride promotion, um, and they have announced that they've signed Mirko Krokop. Now, Mirko Krokop had just gotten released from the C contract after two disappointing losses to Gabriel Gonzaga and Kit, Kit And now Krokop is returning to Japan, and the, what my opinion is, in Japan – they definitely treat the fighters differently in a way that you couldn't do in America. I'm not... Uh, Eric, how, how familiar are you with uh, Japanese mixed martial
2: arts? I started following Pride once they started showing on Fox Sports.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah, so I, I know a lot about Pride. up
0: um, thought um, in Pride, there was... The, the competition was real, real heavy in Pride. Oh, yeah. But overall, they didn't... Uh, Kokop got a lot of gimme fights. I remember one fight in particular where he fought Dos Karras Jr., who is uh, known as a luchador, and he had a fight against Kokop where Kokop knocked him out handily. And um, Kokop was, I mean, the Japanese people, they pay to see the stars fight. I mean, it, it doesn't, they don't necessarily, obviously, you know, they want to see competitive battles, but from time to time they enjoy, you know, seeing the stars Put over easy guys. I remember one New Year's show where it was against the son of Zulu, and the son of Zulu was basically just a freak attraction. Um, he had no business stepping in the ring, with at the time was considered the number one fighter in the world, Theodore uh, Milianenko. Now, if you talk to Dana White, Dana White doesn't think Theodore is the number one fighter in the world, but. Of course not. The fighter
2: will break anybody in half, man. You can the You can't mess <laughs> with
0: But uh, the the K1, uh, so they folded heroes and they're opening up this new
2: promotion.
0: Um, I don't know. I I I think Tom will tell what this promotion is going to mean for Japan because I definitely think that Japan in general and Eric, I think you I think you have a good opinion about this. Japan in general has always been where America looks to see what's going to happen in the future. And if you watch the wrestling today, it's a lot of the wrestling that was going on in Japan in the, in, the, in the beginning of the 90s. And then, to me, in a lot of ways, a lot of the Japanese scene is not as groundbreaking as what it was at one time. Now, Eric, I know you watch some Japanese wrestling, and then you've watched Japanese mixed martial arts before in the past. Uh, what are your opinions on that?
2: On um, uh, Japanese wrestling compared to American wrestling, or, or just the trends that we take from them? Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh like you say, like uh, I've heard from wrestlers who wrestle in Japan right now that the scene is uh not as hot as it was. Partly because, you know, we're stealing all, all their crap <laughs> and so all of our fans aren't watching as much of their stuff because we're doing it here. In promotions like, you know, Ring of Honor and what other, you know, smarky type of indie promotions. But I think it's great. I, it's my favorite kind of wrestling, uh, the strong style stuff. It's it's just, it's, those guys just beat the crap out of each other and the crowd, and, and they just show so much respect for that. Um, that's why a, lo- a lot of times, like, they'll be like American wrestlers. Like, for instance, the, um, the Brock Lesnar versus Crangle match for the the, the, belt, the WGP third belt came from uh, a while back. The crowd, they were into it, but they weren't, they weren't, you know, banana like they would for like, let's say, uh, Morishima versus, uh, Kenta, you know, about, you know, but I still think that it's, it's I think it'll be here, but, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, I think Japan's going through a down, I guess, downtime, if you will, kind of how we were going through one here, but I think it's trying to pick back up, uh, stateside.
0: I definitely hope so. I've, I've just now started getting in, in, back into Japanese professional wrestling, and, um, it's the guys over there. They're they're really they're really they're really great. <laughs> a lot a lot of the great guys are really great, and um, it, it's it's amazing watching some of the Japanese for us. Some of their their psychology and their timing and everything, but um, the scene is down over there, and then um, hopefully I hope with uh, they can rebound eventually and hopefully this new mixed martial arts promotion takes off and brings a new era of Japanese mixed martial arts because Japanese mixed martial arts has definitely the scene. When UFC uh, had its swamp until um, basically the the second the third Randy Couture Chuck Liddell fight, uh, UFC wasn't the the promotion. It wasn't the promotion to watch. It. it was always Pride, and then Pride went under, and now UFC. You know, UFC's really really good now. They have a lot of really good fighters. A lot of really good fights coming up. So, uh, well, enough about that. See, uh, the Stone Cold Steve Austin DVD got released on Tuesday. Has anyone seen that DVD? I have not.
1: I have not seen it. Uh, I heard you. uh, I heard you saw it, though. Yeah. Um, What do you think about it?
0: I'll I'll go over it real quick. Um, Steve Austin. I was. I was very disappointed with Steve Austin DVD. I don't like DVDs that. I like the WWE DVDs that they do the standard two-hour documentary on the guy's career, and then they show all the matches as extras because I feel that if you do the full documentary. Then they're able to devote more time to certain subjects. If they do like with the Steve Austin DVD, if they if they do it like they did with a Steve Austin DVD, where they have uh, the interview, or where they do a match and then they cut in, or they'll pre they'll preface the match by having an interview about the match, and then um, then I'm sorry, then they'll they'll have the interview prefacing the match, and then they'll show the match. I, I just don't feel enough time is given, in, given to enough stuff like that. So, Jeff, um, I'm going to let you go. And um, do you have any last words you want to plug in before we let you go?
1: Uh, yeah, just uh, make sure you take a look at uh, SoCalProWrestling.com. Uh, also, um, WrestleWarehouse.com for all your pro wrestling needs. Uh, wrestling masks, DVDs, action figures, um, trying to think what else. T-shirts. Uh, so WrestleWarehouse.com SoCalProWrestling.com and, uh, make sure you check out the next SoCal Pro Show March 22nd. And that's about it. All
0: right, Jeff, it was awesome having you on and then, uh, we'll talk to you later.
1: All right, thank you guys. Take care, Jeff. See you guys.
0: All right, well, um, I'm going to play a quick uh, Russell Warehouse commercial and, um, We'll be back on the air in a minute.
1: This episode of Rubber Guard Radio is brought to you by our sponsor, WrestleWarehouse.com. WrestleWarehouse.com carries a wide variety of DVDs, Lucha Libre masks, pro wrestling gear, music CDs, T-shirts, replica belts, wrestling action figures. If you need any of this stuff, feel free to check out our sponsor, www.WrestleWarehouse.com.
0: Okay, um, we're back, Eric. So, um, hey, what's going on? So uh, you might get a little bit more time than an hour tonight, if that's cool with you. That's fine.
2: I have no life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, co-host for the first hour now will become the the guest on the second hour. Actually, we're still in the first hour. Uh, unless there's anything else you want to talk about real quick.
2: Still, uh I apologize for calling in. Uh, I guess I misunderstood. Like I thought you'd ask me to call it seven, but my bad. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean a buddy like that. I hope Jeff isn't too angry at me.
0: <laughs> well, actually, there's one more piece of news uh, I would like to cover in the mixed martial arts front real quick. Uh, the Kimbo slice Peg Abbott fight Saturday night in Miami is virtually sold out. Uh, it's, it's a 7,000-seat arena. The show airs at 10 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. Um what what do you think about the are you familiar with Kimbo Slice at all
2: he he's fighting Tank Abbott, I think?
0: Mm-hmm. He's, he's oh no, that fight is happening Saturday.
2: Oh, sorry, he's fighting Tank Abbott this Saturday. Yes, yeah, so
0: okay.
2: Kimbo Slice, Tank Abbott fights this Saturday or I so not. I think Kim, Kimbo Slice uh I see some of his uh, work if you can call it that. Um I don't know, uh, Tank I think if this Tank like I don't know, six years ago. Exactly, you know, and that I, I think be uh, I don't know. I think Kimbo has just too much power, and he's he's hungry. I think he's hungry to, to you know, to prove himself. As, he's he's not just a you know a special attraction. That he's a legit fighter.
0: Not to cut you not to cut you off, Eric. But actually, as I'm watching, because currently right now I'm watching uh, TNA, and uh, they're actually showing a com- commercial right now for the Kimbo fly Take Abbott fight this Saturday. Um, the fact that they were able to sell out, I mean, almost sell out a 7,000 feet arena for this fight, that's, uh, that's amazing to me considering that, uh, without the, they don't have, I haven't seen that much TV advertisement for it on uh, the that uh, I watch. And, uh, that means they're hitting that Miami area hard and, uh, Timbo Slice is, uh, I believe from the Miami area because I know his first claim to fame was as a bodyguard for the Bang Brothers squad and, uh, he used to put his real fights on YouTube. Did you ever see any of his real fights on YouTube?
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Actually, uh, in
0: in another related story, uh, a while ago at a UFC show, uh, Sean Gannon fought Kimbo Slice in one of those those YouTube videos, and it caught a little bit of steam because that was the first ever fight Kimbo had lost. It was a modified rules fight, and um, Sean Gannon actually got booked on a UFC show and got handed to him. At the yeah. show. Interesting. So, um, it's interesting that they were able to sell the, uh, almost out of the 7,000-feet arena. Um, it should be an interesting find. It'll definitely be stand-up. Um, oh, yeah. I think, I think Kimbo will destroy him because I think Tank's a little too old, too slow to hang in there with Kimbo's slice. So, uh, see what I feel about that. And also, another piece of news. I'll just keep going with news until your hour. I'll, yeah. give, you, I'll give you a full hour. Um, the next piece of news that I got right here at the Ohio Valley Wrestling taping last night in Louisville, Dean Hill announced that they would continue to tape OVW every Wednesday night and Derby City every Thursday at the Davis Arena. They never specifically said they were no longer with WWE, but as we'll read in the results, that uh, the WWE developmental guys that held OVW titles dropped them. Uh, the first match was Seth Scott Potter against Electrico. Uh, Raymond and Raul beat Pat Buck and Eric Zoom. Damian Adams beat Johnny Punch. Josie beat Serena. Jamie and Olia Vincia beat J.D. Michaels. Anthony Bravado beat Justin LaRouche. Uh, Mike Cruel defeated Lupe Mascara. Sean Scherz defeated Dirty Money. Nick Dinsmore, who is no longer going by Eugene, defeated Andrew Vane. Jay Bradley defeated uh O V W heavyweight champion Mike, Matt Sydal. From what I understand, uh Vince wants to consolidate all the guy, all the developmental guys down to Florida and apparently a lot of the guys went to Florida. So, um, make it easier on him and his crew, uh, they just consolidated down to Florida. Do you have any opinions on WWE dropping Ohio Valley as a developmental territory?
2: I uh didn't see this coming. Um I don't know, WWE had been affiliated with OVW for as long as I can remember. It's kind of sad because I know WWE dropped their, uh, they also aren't affiliated with Deep South anymore, I think. Is that, is that right? Uh, yes,
0: they dropped their affiliation with Deep South last year, I believe. Yeah, last
2: year. So, like, they couldn't, I guess they're coming back in their um, <coughs> developmental territories, I guess. But I guess it would be easier to manage, you know, these guys if everyone's all in one place. You know, it must be, you know, I can only imagine. But the only thing is now deep uh Florida temperature lesson is gonna be it's gonna be crowded. A lot of guys won't get in. You know, whereas when you have the other territory you can kind of spread guys out, but <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens.
0: We'll see what happens. Um my opinion is that um oh and as I'm watching TNA, ODB and Gail Kim are seemingly getting into it, it as Amazing Kong just beat O D. B for the second time. Um, wow, okay. Um, OVW, if you look at a lot of WWE top guys right now, they, uh, received, uh, their quote unquote WWE training from Ohio Valley Wrestling. Uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling was the main developmental program to get you ready for OVW. And, uh, it was kind of the writing on the wall was when a lot of the guys who were starting to get called up, the Harry Smiths, the Kofi Kingston, they started out in the Florida Territory and they, didn't do much time in Ohio Valley. Um, I think the time will tell if this will be a good move or not. It's kind of hard to say right now, but um, we'll see. You know, uh, like I said, this man—you know—he's—he's he's, he's done a lot of things well. That's why he's where he's at. But uh oh,
2: yeah, he's a evil genius. Some and
0: some uh, more news off WWE.com, they have photos from their Japanese tour earlier this week. There's a photo of Jeff Hardy with. Roshi Tanahashi, with the caption of Jeff Hardy, a Japanese fan. There's also a photo of Rick Flair and Yuji Nagata, and it reads, well, you guessed that Flair meeting his Japanese fans. Now, what are some of your opinions? Because Roshi Tanahashi and Yuji Nagata are two of the top guys for New Japan for wrestling, and WWE not acknowledging the New Japan guys at all, in fact, referring to them as fans.
2: I think that's uh, extremely disrespectful. Um, but, you know, I think it's also because... Uh, I don't know not too long ago. DNA had a little special on uh on uh T V the Global Impact, in which uh Kurt Angle defended the the third belt against um Eugene Nagata. So I guess I don't know in McMahon's grand scheme, he's I guess he's downplaying uh, the importance of, you know, Angle's opponent and the title in general by not even acknowledging that they're you know, he's a wrestler and a very big one at that.
0: I don't know what it means, but um A lot of Americans have been able to go, because, in fact, I I just got a Bruiser Brody compilation sent to me, and um, a lot of Americans have been able to go over to Japan and make a lot of money and become stars over there, but there's not been any Japanese people who have come to America and been predominant main eventers. Um, what What are some of your opinions on that? It's not because the Japanese guys can't go. Do you believe that there's a in America, Japanese people can't get over due to the, the language barrier, or what, what do you believe well, on that?
2: I just think that... Uh, well, I don't know. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I think now, with uh, Morishima and, and I don't know, Gorilla's been over a Japanese guys for their shows. I think that I think that's uh, that stigma is starting to be broken. I think Japanese guys are starting to infiltrate the states. Um, I think before... I guess the style of you know like like we were talking about earlier, their style of wrestling. I guess with some of these crowds, like some of like the old uh, you know the old southern crowds, like the old WCW type of crowds, they don't really care too much for the you know the you know the fighting the fighting spirit, Kings Road you know type of stuff. They want to see you know old school heel versus old school face with the you know decisive finish, or you know they want to see they want to be able to boo and cheer you know. The heels and the faces. So I don't, you know, with Japanese wrestling. I mean, I know there are some promotions that, you know, I guess have more of that. But for the most part, it's kind of just, you know, athlete on athlete. It's not really good versus evil. And I know a lot of American crowds like to see good versus evil. Yeah. Um, I, I
0: don't. I, I don't know what the. I, I don't. I, I think if anybody's, I think if anybody's putting in a really good package. Honestly thinking off the top of my head I think the best uses of uh Japanese wrestler would be uh the Great Muda. When he was working in America in the in the late eighties and the early nineties, um he was featured in and obviously uh WCW at the time wasn't uh lighting the world on fire, but um he was used very heavily predominantly in the upper into main event level status with his feet with Sting and Rick Flair. Um and that's really been about it. Um, I would have loved to have seen, you know, obviously, you know, um, some dream matches don't always draw big money, but uh, I'd always love to have seen a like, Kenta Kibashi, uh, Shawn Michaels' match in his prime, or, you know, there's been a lot of good matches that, uh, dream matches, quote-unquote, that, you know, I would have liked to have seen as just a fan of, you know, wrestling. I don't know if they would have done well uh, business-wise, but, I, I, you know, as a fan, I would have liked to have seen some of the, the lineups. And so, um Segwaying into that real quick, um, February 23rd, next Saturday, um, we're going to go over this show because our, uh, our guest, Eric Watts, is working this show. It will be pro Epic Pro Wrestling War in Newhall, California, uh, the main event. These are the matches announced so far, the main event, is Teddy Hart, Marcus Wright versus the Young Bucks. That, that's going to be a crazy match. Oh, my gosh. Moves <laughs> there's going to be at
2: least 30, 1300 moonsaults in that match
0: if, if I go to another epic show And I'll be attending the show If I go to another epic show and I don't see Teddy Hart Doing a moonsault off something I'll be upset <laughs> but Teddy Hart He's he's definitely a spectacle um, what, are, what are your opinions on Teddy Hart Because Teddy well, last night We had a guest on And then, uh, he brought up an interesting point uh, is, is Teddy Hart working everyone
2: Teddy Hart is at least from what I can tell I think he's a great guy. I just think I, I think what I what it is is that he doesn't take any shit. Just just this is just based on what you know, what I observed. I could be hundred percent wrong, I could be dead wrong, but based on what I've seen, he just seems like a guy who, you know, he's a friendly he's not he's not like happy go lucky friendly, but he's a friendly guy. He's approachable and he'll help you, you know, if you you know, if you if you see if you see something in you he'll help you. Um but like I know a couple of guys, uh, a couple of my friends, uh, they were invited up to train up in Canada with him, um, which is cool, you know. And uh, he's a nice guy. I don't, I don't know where the you know Teddy Hart the jackass comes from because I, I don't see it. He's you know, been one of the nicer guys that I have met in uh, in wrestling since I started.
0: Yeah, Teddy Hart. He's definitely an amazing, amazing talent. Uh, everyone's heard the Teddy Hart stories, and then. um uh, only only say I've ever seen him do uh he had some very comical moments in that taxi match that that's uh oh, man, that's Nick, man.
2: <laughs> that man so uh,
0: the next match is a street fight um uh, this is a match I've personally been waiting for since the relaunch of uh for the war uh Joey Ryan versus biggie Biggs,
2: yeah this is a match uh I think it'd be big for biggie He can pull this one out oh. <clears throat> He was supposed to wrestle uh, Joey uh, a few months ago, but uh, I guess Joey didn't feel as though Biggie was worth it. So he went and grabbed me and threw me out there with Biggie and uh, basically said if Biggie can beat a rookie, then he can, you know, maybe he'll consider wrestling Joey. Um, I won the match. Um, I won't say how, because I don't want to you mean like Roy? I won the match, and uh, Biggie didn't uh, get to this match with Joey. But on, I believe it was the next show. Uh, Biggie came and just and kicked Joey's ass, and that got Joey's attention. So I guess uh, Biggie's finally gonna get a chance. You know, he's has a shot at Joey Ryan at the next show. So this match has been a bit building for a long time. So I really recommend everyone making the show, not just because I'm on it, but for that match because this is long. This has been a free that's been going on since pretty much the beginning of, of Epic Pro Wrestling War.
0: Um, the next match, which uh, is a match that might be uh, near and dear to your heart, it will be the Devil's Reject against the Negro Division.
2: Yeah. Um, this match, uh, I'm looking forward to it because I get a chance to kick Johnny Suave's ass. <laughs> and uh, I get to tell him that he needs to change his spelling of his name because it doesn't make any damn sense. Um and uh, if one of us, uh, one of us pins Mister Suave, then we take his little belt that he has. Um and uh, in the event that we do win, I will christen that belt the Epic Wrestling Ward Negro Division Championship. Um also, um if we win, we get a sh- one of the when it, the person who gets the pinfall gets uh, a shot at Marcus Wright or whoever the Epic War Champion is a future event. So this is a high stakes match for us. Uh, we haven't had that much like, success here. Go ahead.
0: I would like, uh, that belt to be named because I, I can't quite figure out because, uh, Joey, Suave, Savoli, uh, he's got a belt that he carries. And then Marcus Riot has a belt that he carries. Right. And, um, Diablo says that Joey or Johnny is the, the champion Suave. And, uh, Gary, Yapp says Marcus is the champion. Um, Hopefully right. coming out of this this big match we'll uh in the next match <laughs> we'll have some resolution on who is uh the epic champion or what is or I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll have a, another champion crown and um they can have a triple crown title similar to all Japan.
2: Maybe. I just hope that uh I hope that after we uh wet the floor with Johnny Suave and Bo Cooper that uh there'll be clarity to the championship situation, because I recognize Marcus Wright as the champion of Epic Pro Wrestling more, but the Devils reject or uh, whatever the fuck they call themselves don't, so we'll just have to see, you know, we'll see what happens after, after the show. Alright,
0: the next match, um, this, this match, um, I'm not going to say on paper it looks good, because looking at it, it will be good. Uh, Ryan Drago against Tony Kazina. um, right. That that match, Ryan Ryan Drago, who was trained at the the Iron Dog with uh, Mike Modest and Donovan Morgan. Drago, he's a he, for, I am not quite sure where he lives now, but I know he is all, uh, he was always a NorCal guy. And uh, he comes down and works the Pro Epic uh, shows. And uh Tony Casino, who's from Pacific North uh Pacific Northwest up in Washington. Um this is also a number one contenders match I assume. They'll get a shot at the winner of this riot. And the winner of the Negro Division and the Devil Rejects match. Um, so I guess we'll get a shot in two months. Um, well, regardless, uh, it should be a good match. What are some of your opinions on that? As I'm looking yeah. at uh, yeah. AJ Styles came out and his suit was. They're having a Kurt Angle and Karen Angle wedding. And Kurt, AJ came out with his shirt undone, and Joe and Nash came out and attacked him. Um, yeah, wow. Okay.
2: It's <laughs> Russo man, Russo's uh genius, um. right? Anyway, uh I think uh it is like history months so I do think that uh affirmative action should would allow us to have our match first if we are to win our match. So you know, Cosino or Drago they can get in line. Alright. But that, that that should be a nice stiff because both of these guys like to work fairly stiff. Especially Drago. Drago's George was a very angry man. I think he's a sexually frustrated man. um I don't know if he was talking about the child or what, but he's just uh he's 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 an angry guy so i hope <laughs> I just hope he's does to make him do upset
0: and as a, as I watch the TNA, uh a j just planted a kiss on karen angle and a j and uh Kurt looked very upset from the, the entranceway. entrance um, TNA is, is a very wacky show. Okay, uh, the next match is Lil Cholo versus the New York knockout Nikki. And um, th- they haven't done uh, any single woman on woman matches. Um, they do mixed matches a lot. Uh, mix, I mean, male versus female matches. Um, Cholo and Nikki. Um, wh- how do you see this match turning out?
2: Well, from what I understand, uh, they have history in the WPW. Um <coughs> I. Don't I don't think this fair too well for Nikki. Um, I would have to say this is their stiffest challenge yet. Um Cholo right now is the current uh, AWS uh World champion. And he's been you know, he's been a fighting champion there, so I don't know. You know I don't know if Nikki, can I mean, she has a shot, but it's not a very good one. I d I I don't expect this one to I don't expect this one to last too long. Yeah, so um
0: yeah, it'd definitely be a challenge for Nikki going to Sholo, because Sholo is definitely, um, he is, like you said, he's an AWS champion, and he's spot all comers on AWS. And hurt uh, last month, she wrestled Ryan Drago, and um, it'll definitely be very interesting. Let me just finish up right now. They uh, they say, plus the Suburban Commandos, Daphne, and a uh, renewal of their vows between Ben Thomas and his wife. So it'll, it'll be a fun show, Eric. Uh if you want to get into the interview, man, uh, this is the so- 2007 SoCal Rookie of the Year, uh, Eric Watt. Not to be fuse with Bill Watt's son. Um, Eric, uh, how did you break into this?
2: Well, funny story, uh, I- I've always been a wrestling fan, uh, as long as I can remember. Growing up, my favorite wrestler was the Undertaker. Um, I was also a Hulk Hogan fan. I still am. Um, Hogan you no know, he, he does so little but he gets such a huge reaction that it's it's amazing to me. Um anyway, uh, I how do get in. At my school, um, Pasadena City College, there was a I was walking through the hall going to a class and I happened to see a flyer posted on the wall, a very small flyer for a company called uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. And I was like, you know, what the hell is a pro wrestling Gorilla? You know, I, I I hadn't even heard of NBCs or anything like that. I didn't know it existed for me wrestling was we and that's it, that's all there is, there's nothing else, if you need to get there, or you're not anywhere, um, so, uh, I saw it, and I saw some, uh, names that I've heard through a while, I've heard of, like, things like AJ Styles, and Chris McDaniels, I've heard of those guys, but I had never seen them, um, so I figured I'd check it out. Yeah, it was a life-changing experience, um, <laughs> it was probably, probably the best show i have seen live. Um at that point because I got into a couple of laws and stuff like that um, just the dynamic of the show is so much it's just so much more fun than a WWE show because like you can like you know chew with the wrestlers and they'll you know talk back at you and you can you feel involved with the match and you know, it's right there in your face and the work rate is so much higher in these well at least in PWG <laughs> than it is in the um, at times in WWE um, so yeah I was at a PWG show and, uh, not
0: to mention uh, the tickets are a lot lower for independent
2: oh, no, the the like, as well. I think, like, I, think like I think it was like 15 bucks back then. It was like 15 bucks when I was going, not the first time I went. Um, I think the main event, I want to say it was AJ Styles, Kevin Steen, who was champion at the time, and uh, I believe it was Chris Bosch. And I think in that match, uh, Bosch got dropped on his head on an apron. It wasn't nice. Um, anyway, uh, I met a gentleman by the name of uh, LCP. Who uh, just uh, we just started talking, and he was telling me, you know, about his wrestling, up in the HRW, and different things he does. So uh, I was like, hey, you know, this is kind of cool. You know, the cool guys in wrestling, and uh, you know, it looks fun, looks fun as hell. You know, I wanted to, you know, try it, but I didn't know where to start. Um, so that show ended. I came to the next show, and then I saw a bunch of guys, uh, all wearing the same t-shirt. They said uh, EOW on them. A um, bunch of guys. And I was uh, I was intrigued by this. I, was, I, I thought it was another another indie promotion, they were like an outside company, kind you know, coming scout the competition or whatever. So I looked on a, uh, I looked uh, I looked them up, um, found that at Maestro's Group, I uh, you know inquired about wrestling there, and it turned out to be a backyard, um, which I didn't care at all because I wasn't professional or anything. I was just some I just I just wanted to wrestle. I, I didn't know anything. I was I didn't know. But anyway, uh, but we were different from uh, most backyards that we had trains uh, twice a week. Um, similar to a lot of training that I ended up getting later, I um, learned how to bump there. I um, learned how to a lot of stuff there. Um, I am uh, not ashamed to say that I used to backyard. A lot of guys are ashamed to say they used to backyard, um, but I, you never you should never forget where you came from, and uh, that's where I came from. That's where a lot of guys come from. Whether they want to admit it or not, they came from the backyard. Um, but uh I did that for a while. Um
0: Okay, so real quick, um I would like to know some of your thoughts on I mean, because you said, you know, you're not ashamed of coming no. from backyard. What are some of your thoughts on backyard wrestling now that you're trained professional wrestler?
2: Uh, okay, here's a, let me just move back up a little bit. kind of backyard wrestling we did, it wasn't the shit you see on like on um, you know in the news or a lot of crap you see on YouTube. We had a professional 20 by 20 ring, um, and we had a uh, we had we um, had we had people pay. To come. We had uh, you know tickets and you know, We sold a lot of money. We made a lot of money. We had T-shirts. Um, we weren't your typical backyard. We had trainings. Um, we had guest trainers come in come in from time to time. so what I believe, uh, they had a little story on the Discovery Channel. You uh, know that we did before I got there. Which is kind of cool, you know, because how many backyards have that? Um, I think uh, if you know that you'll be looked down upon for doing backyard wrestling before you start pro wrestling, I recommend you shouldn't do it. Like, I didn't know that backyard wrestling was frowned upon as much as as it is. Um, if I would have known that, I probably wouldn't have done it. But um, I did it, and I'm not ashamed. I, I, you know, i you know, I'm glad to have done it. Met a lot of awesome people like Chimera. Chimera, he's a whole other story. I'll get to him later. But um, I, uh, I just think that if you, have a, if you have a chance to get trained, go get trained professionally. Just don't even, don't even get that stigma of being a backyard wrestler. Don't even get that you know attached to you if if you can help it. Because a lot of guy, a lot of guys who 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 actually used the backyard themselves talk the most shit in the backyard. So you know, just, you just have to. I guess, you know wage what's important. Do you do you want to go far in this or do you do you just want to do this for fun? You know, and you know, plan your path accordingly.
0: That's definitely um you you brought up a very good point. Um my my opinion is that um yeah, I, I never did back wrestling. I, as I said on the show before, I, I never did back wrestling. I from what I understand now that a lot of people coming up like you just said, and I've talked to others who did partake in backyard wrestling, um, they really believe that, you know, due to what McFoley did and other things like that, not that Foley came up from backyard wrestling. I'm not saying that. But Foley, he did do backyard wrestling, and then uh, a lot of his tastes were shown um, during one of his builds. And then I think that was uh, the ushering of a lot of people figuring out, hey, you know, if Foley did it, that uh, it's cool if we do it, and then maybe WWE will see our tapes and maybe they'll break us in just like did fully. But now I think the business is a lot more exposed, especially WWE. WWE is very blunt about this being a, a quote-unquote work, and then uh, I, I definitely think that um, if you I, – I, I, there are avenues to go out and get trained. And then yeah. I think once you're trained, then it's not – it's it's very disrespectful not only your trainers but to everyone who's ever became a professional wrestler and then the other people who are currently professional wrestlers that you continue to partake in backyard professional wrestling shows because at that point you're giving you're kind of putting backyard wrestling and professional wrestling in the same sentence if that makes any sense and it's not at all um backyard wrestling is what it is backyard wrestling it's um because backyard wrestling, I don't necessarily have that negative a, because oftentimes, as you know, as uh, boys do, you know, um, when I first started getting into UFC, what I, me and my friends used to do is we'd have uh, shoot fighting tournaments where um, we'd, you know, and we'd wrestle with my friends or whatever, and we actually, sometimes on Saturdays if we were bored, uh, we'd set up a tournament, you know, and a one-night tournament, and um uh we'd all wrestle we'd all grapple each other. And then the winner of the tournament, you know, won the tournament and then we'd do it again, you know, whenever we got bored again. And so, um, I, I somewhat understand the mentality, but then again, you know, if, uh, if I did get trained to become a professional mixed martial arts fighter, I definitely wouldn't want to go back in with my friends who, you know, didn't know anything about fighting and want to go back in and fight them again. You, you see what I'm saying?
2: Exactly. Like, you know, like I said, uh, you know myself and kind and a couple of, and you know, I'm, I'm sure tons of other guys you know we have we didn't have any idea that you know bad wrestling was as fun as it is um we you know I'm just still so much that I have to learn and I'm still learning like every show I do, I'm learning something you know, but I just think that uh you know if if you if if if, uh, if you really, if you want to be a wrestler just just go get trained i mean like okay, I don't know. I think there's a certain point you get to where you can, you're can you able to work the matches, but I don't think you can really ever stop training. I think you need to train, like, as much as you possibly can if, you know, if you have the means. But um, I, I just think that it's, uh, like, it's important to train. just, I don't know, just if, if you have to, like, just, if you want to be a wrestler, just get out of the backyard, go get trained, and you get a lot more respect and you get to work actual, you know, show. You know it's hard it's not easy at all it's, hard. it's harder than shit, but it's 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 definitely worth it if this is what you want to do
0: um i I definitely chimera brought up that point the other day on the radio that um you're never too good enough not to train and um i i I don't want to make you know allowances for certain people because I definitely uh, right now currently in my state uh Professor wrestling, I do believe that you know a lot of guys. I honestly believe that if you're not working at least every Friday and Saturday, that, you know, you definitely need some training. This to anything else to keep yourself not rusty. That way, when you do get your occasional bookings, that way you're not putting anyone else in danger and you're not putting yourself in danger. And uh, because, you know, this, you know, it's very easy, you know, to get out of sync, out of sequence, and then to forget stuff. And um, I definitely think, and it also I think it really says something that when WWE signs a guy, where's usually the first place to go? OVW to get trained, you know?
2: Right,
0: exactly. So, um and and I, I definitely think that, you know, um, I think there may be a point where you don't need to train anymore. I couldn't look Shawn Michaels in the face and tell him he needed to continue training. You know what I'm
2: saying? I, I, I just think that it's just, I think you're never too good. I, I mean, there's always things that everyone can work on. Like even if even if you think you know everything, you just you, you, you know try to learn something new. You know there's always you know if if not just to stay in shape, you know, and to stay sharp. Like I, I don't think that you can not train and stay sharp. I think you need to train or like you said, work constantly to stay sharp. But like even somebody like Shawn Michaels, like as, good, as great as he is, like if he were to work, if he were to be in an independent scene, he would need to train too just to stay, you know, sharp. You know. Especially considering his, his age, you need to, you know, stay, stay sharp. And you know, saying I mean, I, I just think, and I also think it's like a respect thing. Like, I think by training, you're respecting the business, and you know, that's the whole. That's like the whole. That's the whole deal with back wrestling is that people don't respect backyard wrestling because they don't they're untrained. Now, you know, if you stop training, are you considered like are you? You know, should you really respect if you stop training? You know, it's like you should always. I just think you should always train. Uh, I don't think any, anyone's ever done training.
0: So how did you make the transition from being a, a backyard wrestler to a, a trained professional you need, wrestler? You need a backyard legend?
2: No. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, well, um, I had started training uh, for a few months, and then uh, Kymer gave me a call one day saying that uh, there's this lucha show running in Oxnard, um, and uh, there's a spot in my car if I wanted to have my first match. I could have it would be a six man with a uh, you know six with, uh, four of the wrestlers including him and myself. Um, as the we, week as the week was going on, uh, he kept getting phone calls of guys you know not being able to make it. Eventually, he became a one on one. So I was uh, I was shitting bricks. I was scared out of my ass. And and you know Carmelo he 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 likes to work high spots you know, um, so I would just, just you know not to mention we were like an hour and a half late. And so the show had already started. We was already halfway over by the time we got there. And keep in mind, uh, the 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 show the main event was like Mystical, uh, Santo and uh Averno. and a couple other guys on, you know, stars like that, big lucha stars like that. And you have my fucking green ass coming late to a show and, you know, like like on some sort of star or something. But uh so we put together a match really quick and we undid it. I thought it came out pretty good. Um, I felt like I was on cloud nine because I, you know, fulfilled the dream of mine to get the booking. You know, I don't know. In retrospect, I don't know if I was ready for it, but like like I said, I, I, I didn't know any better. I was just, you know, if you're, if you're in training and somebody approaches you with a chance to wrestle on a professional show, you would take it. You know, you wouldn't refuse it. Um, unless your trainer, you know, said you're not ready, but my trainer said I was, so I wouldn't take it. And, uh, and yeah, we we not get a nice little match. It's actually my, uh, my space page. which I to check <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Sorry. <laughs> so what?
0: Okay, so you wrestled your first match before you even started training.
2: No, I had started training, but I only had a couple months. Okay. Have, like
0: it wasn't it wasn't like
2: you almost know, most guys go through like a you know, year and like half a year of training for they have their first night. It was it was a few months from me.
0: Okay, was, so who were you, who were you training under?
2: stepfather stepfather and then later on like I trained a hell of a lot of places I've trained every, like not everywhere but i trained a lot of places um I think I think it's good to get trainings from multiple people to, to just to get different insight and things and to kind of pick and choose what you want from different trainers and kind of mesh it together to what fit you the best um I was trained initially by a stepfather and a uh, bandito from my new tradition wrestling Joe Medina um and I also, we have received training from Rudy Luna out in Fontana. did that for a few months. And then I was at a dojo for a little bit, um, I trainer on and off there. Um, and now, well, more recently, it's been uh, Stepfather, Supreme, and Webb have been my three main trainers. Just, I, I I learned a lot from those guys. I think stepfather. I, I, I I'm really glad that I was able to be trained by him because he's a you know we have similar bodies and you know he like a lot of stuff that I, I was learning at other places are like is like lucha stuff and you know like I can base but they would teach me like how to do like the the craft that you know Raymond would do. I'm like Dude, I'm never gonna use this in a match. You know it's important to learn. I understand, but it's just like you know I just feel as well. I lucked out. You know I was blessed to have stepfather by training because he's, you know, big like I am, and he taught me about the big math psychology and a lot of the stuff that I do now yeah, I learned from him.
0: Do you know, um, because I, I've, I've seen on your MySpace account that you were trained by a stepfather, and um, did you know about the stepfather before you came in? Because I haven't seen his name in very many results. Also, I don't know very much about the stepfather. So what all do you know about
2: the stepfather? It. Give- Go ahead. Uh, except paul uh, right now he wrestles in the north Carolina. he's the north american champion north american wrestling uh my state center i think it is um uh he's been around for about i wanna say five six years um he uh he doesn't wrestle that often anymore but he' used to be a regular on battleground and I believe he worked an epic show. Couple months ago, um, but yeah, he does. He does a lot of. Sh- he doesn't do as much anymore because he's doing. His, he's focused on his comedy, stand-up comedy career. But he, uh, when I, at least when I started, he was doing a lot, of, a lot of shows, a lot of local shows.
0: Now, some people may remember um, Johnny Webb and Supreme from um, XPW, and and Supreme was known mostly as a Deathmatch worker. So um what helpful have
2: to supreme 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 actually is a really good wrestler he's a really good trainer um, he's extremely stiff he he'll, he'll, he'll fuck you up if you mess up, which is a good thing because you know that's what you need to learn but Supreme um, is a really good underrated wrestler he's always booked you know to to wrestle you know like this monster, which he is he's a monster, but he's always you know the voters always want to portray him as like, you know, the human horror show Supreme. But in training he, he 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 has a he does have a technical side. He does show he showed me a lot of stuff. Um the same with Webb. Webb actually out of everyone that I've trained with, he's probably the most technically sound wrestler actually. And Webb is awesome. Like if you was actually if Web would actually do that in his matches, he would he, he he would he would amaze a lot of people. He Webb is really good at a at a technical lesson. Um. Uh, but uh, yeah they're, they're both really great trainers and I appreciate all they've done for me and you know I can't lie, I afford to train them with with them
0: so how many Um, were you familiar with because you said you didn't watch independent professional wrestling no um, before and then you started getting trained by these guys how, how much Johnny Webb have you gone back and seen? I've
2: seen uh, I've seen a bit of, of I've seen a few little XEW DVDs um, I actually, uh, once I started with EOW, that's when I, like, when I started EOW, I started getting into indie wrestling, and that's when I saw some of the XEW DVD and Web and Supreme. So, of course, you know, when, they, when I started training with them, I was working out the co- first couple of days just because, shit, this is Supreme and, and Web, you know, training me. This is, this is awesome, but, um, you know, this, uh, I, I I I'm familiar with it, with their stuff and you know Webb was on a he was on a WFX show. He was the manager for I think they the Trailer Park Boys, I think, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, uh, he was the manager for uh, Josh Abercrombie and yeah. uh, Nate Webb.
2: Right, right, and uh, Supreme, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, he was attacking genuinely for uh, chaos down in Mexico for a company called NGX. I think it's called. It's a pretty big, uh, little set down there. Um and uh yeah, just I just learned so much from these guys and you know, I'm I'm learning it. every every show I do, every training session that I that I've had I've I've learned something now. And you know, you can never learn enough. That's something that I was hammering into, you know, my head and you Kamara's know, head and any you know, other anybody else that's training with we, we taught to you know, never too good to stop training. Never.
0: Uh, um, okay, and so um you were okay, so you were trained by the stepfather Johnny Webb, among the others, and you've worked for about every promotion in Southern California, with few exceptions. Um, what are some of your favorite places to work in, and uh, do you have any good stories about working uh, any any of the promotions?
2: Okay, uh, favorite places to work in, favorite places to work in. Well, from Probably uh a crowd standpoint. New Wave was was awesome. That one match that I had, two hundred and fifty people in the crowd, just all of them were going crazy for some reason. I don't know why, but they're they're really hot for my match. Um I like New Wave. I like working, uh I really like working Epic. Epic is really fun, I love Epic. You know, I know that, you know, Gary comes in a lot of fire on the board on the full dot com, but Gary is a really great guy and he's helped me out a lot, you know as everything with that the year video that he put together for me and, uh, he just put me on a show was, uh, you know, he helps me out a lot. I like, um, what other shows do I like? Uh, the one show I, I did, down I did here You don't
0: work the APW show, uh, in, yeah. in North El.
2: North how yeah. did that get
0: set up and what are some what you sending your memories of working at APW?
2: Uh it was fucking it was a long drive. Um, it was, uh, <laughs> a six man. It was myself and, uh, radio 2G. Bad blood in uh, LCP uh, versus uh, the poor horseman, <laughs> white trash Johnny Webb, the stepfather, and the red-headed stepchild and a six-man. Um, we got set that set up. Uh, Billy Blade just uh, gave us a call and uh, you know wanted to know if we can come. So we just went up there and did the match and uh, a <clears throat> bunch of crazy rednecks, man. I tell you, I never want to wrestle in Bakersfield again. <laughs> they, 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 just is uh, that was a rough experience like bunch of racist bastards up there, man. Just now, do you actually wrestle in
0: the, in the garage
2: or what was the venue you wrestled uh It was, was the APW, they had a little show, it was during the Cottonmouth Kings concert. Oh. Like, okay. I'm not too familiar with those guys, but apparently they're, I don't know, popular. But, uh, it was uh, during the Cottonmouth Kings concert and, uh, it was a, you know, it was a full wrestling, it was a full APW wrestling show. A lot of the APW guys on it and, you know, and I looked at it, so it was fun. After the show, there was a underage, uh, of wrestling. But you didn't hear that from me. Um, drunken, drunken wrestling at APW. Good time, man. <laughs>
0: but, uh, yeah. How, now, um, I've only had to do it once. How was the feeling the first time you stepped in the ring with one of your trainers? Um,
2: well, for me, I felt really safe because I've worked with I work with you know every week at practice, and it just I just have this it's a certain it's a certain comfort zone that I'm in that you know even if I even if my greenness will show, they'll still cover it up because they're veterans and they take you know take good care of the match. Um, and there's also you know the sense that you want to impress, you don't want to go up there and think to join up with your trainer because the chances are they kick your ass for it at practice the next week. But um, (laughs) I just think that for me, like I said, I just feel really safe and confident because I know that, you know, I'm in good hands.
0: That's, yeah, um, I'm always nervous to get in there with one of my trainers just based on the fact that um, I've seen them have good matches and then I feel like the ball is raised because I don't want to be, and actually I am one of the blemishes on one of my trainer's matches um, we had a fixed man that went very poorly but um, it, it's always it's like the, the game gets stepped up uh, when you're in there with one of your trainers because uh, you definitely don't want to be the one to go in there and make them look bad you know what I'm saying
2: yeah I, I understand that too there's always that like I let go of saying like you know I, it's also, I'm also a little nervous just cause you know I know that if I mess up I get my ass kicked at practice and it's not fun especially when your trainers are the supreme it's not fun but uh yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's it's it is it is what it is.
0: So um, you've also you you brought up a name uh, LTP. Now um, what are your thoughts on LTP, and um, how how do you enjoy working with LTP?
2: I, LTP is one of my favorite people of all time. Um, working with him is always a blast. He is such a professional. He's he's really good at what he does. He has. The art of working the crowd down to a science he's just he's he's just awesome he he uh, extremely charismatic he's extremely athletic yeah the, the guy can do it all just, if 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 he actually play out a time before he he makes it big he's he's uh, I, I read on, there was a there was a um an article posted in Fletcher on sensor a couple months ago um and it was called uh l t p uh it, it, it was a call LTP, and just uh, the guy I wrote it hit, you know, like hit the nail on the head about LTP. He just, he's SoCal's best kept secret. He's really good. It's only for He, he, like, he makes it really big. L-
0: LTP. Uh, I've only I've only seen LTP once, and um, LTP. There's a couple of things that anger me about him. One that uh, he has a zero one bag. Because yeah, uh, he did, a, he so went over so to so zero so one so and so. did a two over there, and he got the zero one bag. And I looked yeah. on his mic space and I saw him in a match with Alex Shelley, and um, yeah. that also infuriates me. But uh, LCP, <laughs> the one match I saw, man, he was he worked Chimera. It was a really good match. And then uh, I always like to see guys, you know, become successful. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, it's it's really good when you can see a guy in the early stages of, you know maybe becoming, you know, one of the high percentages in the sport because, uh, as we all know, you know, very few independent workers are able to make a living off this and very few independent workers actually become, you know, quote-unquote successful off this, you know, whatever your your definition of successful is. So it's awesome seeing someone with the potential become successful. Um, What are some of your opinions on the SoCal professional wrestling scene as a whole?
2: I think... I mean, I'm a little biased, but I've watched a lot of videos from a lot of places. You've um, worked I, a lot
0: of places, so, I mean, you have, uh, you've seen, you know,
2: almost every you know,
0: guy in SoCal, you know?
2: Right, that's uh, well, I think SoCal has a lot of great talent. I think it's just a matter of, like, I don't know, like, I think some guys, like, this isn't what they want to do, like, as, you know, because get the career, you know, they do this, not for fun, but just they're doing it. Just to, it's a hobby for them, you know. I think, I think there's so much talent in SoCal that, like, people. I, I read in the forums that it's also, you know the scene is like a talent is drying up or whatever, but I don't think that's true. I think that this talent there, you just need to find it, you know. Like all the talent is going to start out like on the top shows in SoCal. Like, uh, they're going to start out, you know, on some of the lesser known promotions. You know, like you know, like everyone has. Um I think there's there's tons of great talent out there. It's only like I, like I said about LTP that it's only a matter of time before you know they get you know discovered. Like for instance, one guy that pops to mind is uh, from HRW. His kid name the uh, guy named Stephen Andrews. He is he's great. He's a he's a bumping machine and he's really athletic. And he has that like a baby you know that classic baby face look that I think will get over it so many places. Kind of he, he he reminds me a lot of uh, Matt Sidell. um, and he's really good. He's, uh, he, I, I think, like him. He's like like LPP. He's only on time before he uh, gets noticed by somebody and gets, uh, you know, more notoriety in the scene. But I just think there's a lot of guys that, um, and a lot of guys that aren't as known as some of the other guys that work the bigger shows. That are really good, and they just need a chance to show what they have. You know. I'm you know? gonna be honest with you,
0: Eric, and uh, I'm not just saying this because you're on the air. This is one of my honest opinions. As I look at uh, your promotions that you've worked for in Southern California, I believe that with your size and with your determination to work shows, um, you, if you were on the East Coast, I think that you would be one of the guys that everyone was talking about. Um, I just think that here on the West Coast, for whatever reason, uh, either the promoters not knowing how to do it or whatever, that the West Coast doesn't get as much exposure as I think it deserves. I don't think it's anything due to the talent level. I think it's just due to the exposure. The East Coast has always been the predominant uh, place to go out and get exposure. You know, um, I've seen, and I know you have too, because you've been going to a lot of PWG shows as well, uh, Joey Ryan, he didn't just get good when he started working on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? Joey Ryan was good out here for a while until finally he started getting the East Coast bookings, so people saw him, and now everyone talks about Joey Ryan. Right. One of the best tag teams I ever saw live was Arrogance, uh, Scott Lost and Chris Bosch. And honestly, my, you know, until they broke up, I, I considered them to be one of the top independent level tag teams. I, I considered them to be better than the Briscoes. Um wow. I thought they were just a really, really good tag team. They could go in there with anybody and have a good match. And um no one ever talked about them. And unfortunately, Chris Bosch is now retired and then, uh, Scott Loss is doing the singles thing. And um I just think that if they were on the East Coast, that they'd be the biggest pack team in Ring of Honor. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've seen a lot of guys in Ring of Honor who aren't as good as a lot of the West Coast people, um, and and they just get the exposure just based off the fact that they are working for uh, East Coast promotions. But I think it's a little bit harder out there on the East Coast because there is so many promotions. There is so much talent out there. that if you're able to break out of that pack, then, you know, that really says something too. So, you know, I don't want to turn down the East Coast too much. But uh the West Coast definitely has something to offer. And uh the Stephen Andrews, Stephen, I've seen Steven Andrews work one EWF show and uh the kids got a lot to, Now that you made the Matt Sidel look uh comparison, I definitely see that as well. Uh Steven Andrews is somebody that I would like to see a lot more of. And then uh this is obviously gonna be a biased statement, but uh the our guest on the first hour, Jeff Dino. Um he's one of the good promoters in Southern California as he features all Southern California talent. Yeah. And so I think that's really because, uh, you know, uh, you can book an East coast guy and that might draw you some more fans and that might get more exposure to your products, you know, which I mean, every promoter, you know, I mean, they're in the business for a reason, you know, but, Mm -hmm. um, I really think it says something, you, know, when you when you try to get, you know, Southern California talent out there, you know what I'm saying? And obviously yeah. there's dream matches that, you know, some people would like to have between East Coast and West Coast talent, you know, but um, I don't necessarily like going to shows where I see two East Coast guys wrestling each other, you know what I'm saying?
2: I hear that. I understand, like, um, that's one of the things I like about Epic is that uh, Gary, he didn't bring in too many, I said, like, non-state guys, but, like he brings Teddy and Kozina, you know maybe one more, and that'll be you know he'll only have like maybe three or four per show, and they won't work each other. They'll work you know a SoCal guy, and I think that's like that's how you do it. You bring them in, you know, work with your guy, and you, know, you have to bring like like you said, bring few extra fans to the show, you know, but don't make it a completely like you know non SoCal show taking place in SoCal. You know what I mean? Like don't like have nothing but you know guys on from here, you know, dominating you know your the card. You know, it's, it's always like, I like seeing guys that come up through here, you know, make it, like, you know, like we were talking about earlier. And, uh, you know, I just don't, I think that uh, it's important to, you know, give some love to your, to your hometown talent.
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, I am, so, um, we covered your training and then uh, you've worked for a lot of different promotions. Um what are, how many AWS shows have you worked, and then how do you feel about AWS's product?
2: Uh, I'm i super excited about working at AWS on the day-to-day after Epic. I think AWS is the perfect blend of, I guess, uh, Lucha Libre and American. Um, there's something there for everybody for AWS. If you like high spots, they have the high spots. If you like just old-school Hillary versus face, they have that. If you like you know, Lucha Libre, they have that. Um, that's um. When I first started wrestling, that was always one of my goals was to get into AWS. I, I didn't think I. I think I get there like around. My goal was like within my first the first three years, you know, by the time you know, nearly my third year wrestling, I, I I had wanted to I get wrestled there once, and you know I was blessed to be able to already wrestle there. Granted, it was about a royal, but you know, working a show, working a show, you know. Um, yeah so I was uh I was really excited to to wrestle in that the Battle Royal to, with with all those great all, all that great talent you know you know as Chimera
0: you know. brought up on the last show uh, I'm sorry oh, uh, go ahead. as, uh, as Chimera brought up on the last show um, y'all wrestled in Mexico and yeah. so um, I would like to hear some of your side of how was it going to Mexico to work the show and then how how did you enjoy working in Mexico
2: Mexico was fun um the uh, driving there was a pain because a lot of the drivers in Mexico, like, <clears throat> don't believe in, like, stopping. Um, and a lot of the people who, like, well, a lot of the pedestrians, they don't believe in uh, waiting until it's clear. They kind of just walk whenever they want to. Like, even if you're going, like, 40 on a, on a little narrow street, they'll just walk across. You know, and, you know, they expect you to stop. Um, like, so it was, was kind of cool, like, driving through town because they were, like, big, like, Signs everywhere was like on the end of them, and that was kind of cool. Um, I had never experienced that before. Uh, Mexico was uh, the crowd itself was they were great. They didn't like us too much because uh, you know we were obviously not white, but we were saying we were white, and we were wearing like a red, white, and blue. You know, I'm I mean, you can look at me and tell I'm I'm I'm, I'm as far as white, I'm as far away from white as you can get. But I still was like, yeah, I'm a white man, you know, white powers other crap in Mexico, and uh, these days just ate up. And I had a blast working the Lucha Six Man Match that we had. Um, like even there, like there's some und- undiscovered talent that's you know if they're given the right platform, that could you know blossom into big stars. But you know, I, I had a lot of fun in Mexico, and the crowds were really, they're really like nice after the show. They were like giving us like beer and stuff. It was always great. Free free beer is always a good thing.
0: <laughs> free, beer is also good, free beer is always a good thing um, I'm looking at your bookings right now on April 27th uh, High Desert Championship Roughly, I've not heard anything about this promotion Can you uh, give a little bit about High Desert?
2: I, High Desert uh, ran once a year ago and it was for this uh, I think it was a cancer fundraiser walk or something like that um, they had um, a couple other so-called regulars in there um, and, uh, this show coming up, I guess, it's, uh, he's doing it in joint with Gary, the Pro Wrestling War, so, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, like, I'm not too sure what's going on, I just know that, uh, I know that Hemi's gonna be playing there, with her, with her band, so that should maybe, I don't know, maybe i will draw some people there. Um, I know that, the, their current champion right now is, uh, Aaron Aguilera, don't know if he's gonna show up, but, I know he's a champ, and, uh, I had a fun time working there last year. There it was only one show; they only had one show, but um, it was I, 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 it was fun for what it was. Yeah.
0: Now something um, it's something else I'd like to bring up. Um, you and Chimera, and there's a couple of other ones, but um, it's not too predominant on the industry that I've seen around here. Is guys taping their matches, and um, you tape a lot of your matches and you post them on YouTube along with Chimera. Now, what are the reasons why you tape your matches?
2: It's important, I think, to get feedback, um, good or bad. I mean, of course, like, the guy you work, you know, you're asking, asking the match, you know, how to feel. And he'll was like, oh, good. But, you know, deep down inside, there's so the stuff that you want to say that stuff about it. Like, uh, you, know, you know, it's understandable. You know, Because of that, I think it's important to put your matches online or just show them to other people just so they can give you, like, feedback. Um, you know, good or bad. Um, and, the, and the good thing about having YouTube is that, you know, you can get feedback as well as, you, can, you know, you can. it's an avenue for people who can learn about you and see, you know, see some of your matches and get to know who you are as a wrestler. And uh, like, for instance, Kymari, it's helps him out tremendously. He's gotten, you know, a lot of bookings just because of his videos. And, you know, the fact that more wrestlers aren't, you know, putting every match that they can on YouTube, you know, is, uh, is mind-boggling because it's such a great tool that's, you know, underutilized. But, um, yeah, like, another good thing about having it on YouTube is that people will post exactly how they feel because they're anonymous and, you know, you can't put a face with the quote or the post, you know. So they, you know, they're as free as a bird with what they say. And uh, oftentimes they can be harsh. Even people on, not YouTube, but just, uh, you know, being critical in general, they, they won't say things to your face that they'll say, you know, you had a keyboard. You know, so I guess that's another. That's a thing about. That's another good thing about YouTube is that you can get honest opinions.
0: There's um, I, I haven't gone so far to put. I, I'll I'll make two points real quick. I haven't gone so far as to put my matches up on YouTube yet. Um, but I definitely, and definitely after seeing my matches, um, I don't think you can progress as a worker.
1: I think I'll,
0: I'll, I'll phrase it like this. It's a lot harder to progress as a worker if you don't see your matches. I'll, I'll give this for example. Um, there, I'm, I'm starting to do different moves in training a lot, and then my trainer will tell me they look like ass, but I don't know why they look like ass. Right. And it's kind of hard for them to explain to me why they look like ass. And if I had the video there, then I'd be able to see exactly, you know, why, what I'm doing wrong and what do I need to improve on. And then, secondly, um, when you're when you're in the match, sometimes the point of the match is, you know, um, Eric, I'll get your opinions on this after a second. Uh, my my opinion is the point of a match is is to take the crowd on that that roller coaster of you know the different feelings and then to have them explode for the finish or whatever. That's always the point. And then right. sometimes. You can go out there and you can get that across where, you know, the crowd will really, depending on the crowd, you know, they'll give you a really good reaction for what you're doing. But then you go back and watch it, you know, and it may not technically be the best match. And you, you really have a better standing of where you're at. What what are your feelings on a, how a match, how a, what are your feelings on that? A match, what, what are your feelings on what a match is supposed to be?
2: I think, uh, Regardless of the style or the type of crowd you're working in front of, I think the match, the feeling you want to get from the match is always the same. You always want the crowd, like you said, to go on that roller coaster of emotions and explode for the finish. Um, and you know this can be achieved with any style of you know wrestling, you know, it, 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 you know the lucha style or the uh, you know the Japanese the strong style that we use over there, the, you know, and even the American style that we use here. Um, you know, you, you always want the same reaction but there's just different ways of, you know, going about getting it. But I do think that you want to get you know, you want to kinda of, S tease the crowd and to the point where they just can't take any more and they finally explode once you hit them with the finish. You know what I mean?
0: Definitely, definitely. Um, have you ever worked in front of a quote unquote smart crowd? And then how how does that affect you when you're in the ring?
2: Well, I don't want to say I work in front of a smart crowd because Every crowd may have a couple, you know. Um, I don't know if I've ever worked in front of a crowd that's nothing but smart. Um, if I did, they'd probably stone me a death. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I uh I've worked um some shows where there have been guys who've um posted stuff on the message board about me. Um luckily for me they haven't been too mean to me yet, um, those days are coming. <laughs> not worry, I'll get my ass chopped in half pretty soon here. But um, you know, like I said, I've been lucky to, you know, to where people, people haven't been too, you know, harsh about things, about my nature, or, you know, me as a person or anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've worked in front of, um, I guess, smart like, if you want to call them that. Um, because, like, I don't know. I, I just think that smart is, I think it's a stupid word. Like, like aren't, aren't we all, like, I think everyone that knows anything about workers or anything, I think everyone is smart. You know, but some people are just smart slash workers. You know, I'm another guy be pissed at me saying that, but I think that's the truth. You know, people want to give people all these these different little titles and stuff. You know, and it's not like you know, it's not fair to say someone you know use a negative word to describe somebody if you're in fact that same thing. You know, but yeah, I've worked in front of I a smart, um, you know, a few times. A couple of the epic shows that you know some of few reviews of some of the matches there and uh i worked I think they did I think there was a Dojo review. And I did a show a couple of months ago uh a couple of months ago in LA for our Johnny Legends Rock and Wrestling show and that was a fun ass show. Um but uh I think there was a review on some board, I'm not sure which board, but there was a review about that match too. But so I'm guessing, you know, if you if you do a review then you're probably a smart so I guess I have worked for a smarts.
0: Alright. Um what are some of the veterans that weren't your trainers that have really offered you some really good advice? From the veterans? Yes.
2: Um let's see uh Veterans have offered good advice. Uh, well, uh Bo well, Cooper's offered me some good advice. Uh he told me uh some people who have to stay away from. Um about, at the time I didn't know why he felt that way but I Learn why. Um, let's see, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad with this, kind of, with, with this kind of thing, bringing up names. I'm horrible at this. A lot of guys are going to kill me for that. Um, see, Chaos has given me, the Rock Switcher Chaos, he's, he's a New Age champion right, uh, right now. He's giving me a lot of good advice. Uh, Durango has helped me out a lot. Um, I can, uh, a, I don't want to name drop, you know. I'm I'm sorry, but I, I've I've gotten a lot of advice from. Okay,
0: like, uh, well, it, it, since uh you don't want to drop any names, then can you just give us some piece of advice to any workers that may be listening or me who's <laughs> real young in the business? Uh, what's some good advice that you have heard and that you care to share on the internet?
2: Well, uh, I don't know how much my word is worth yet, but I'll give you. I'll give you. It, I'll give it to you. Uh, <clears throat> my thing is to stay humble and, uh, be genuine. Like, don't be a fake, you know, don't be fake. Like, people can tell you're being fake. Um, I always shake people's hand, like Kamara was saying. Um, and, uh, always listen to the advice that veterans give you because they know and you don't. And they can tell you don't know. because they, they can look at you and tell. Um, or they see it, or they just watch your match and can tell you you don't know what the hell you're doing. Um, but, uh, you know, always take you know, always listen to the veteran when I give you advice. Uh, you know, always have to put it into practice but listen every time, you know, show you respect. Um if you're new and you get asked to help ring crew, um, don't bitch about it. Do you know ring crew. Um, you know, you, you you're not in a t you're not in a place where you can, you know, say you don't want to do that yet because you haven't done anything in the business. So you need to, you know, help out and that kind of thing. You know, if you're actually a flyer for shows, you know, you should be like happy to do it because it's your show, and you know, it'll it, it'll only help you. Um And just uh, you know, just uh, just be humble. Just don't get big-headed. don't think it's don't think something you're not because you know, unless you're like Hulk Hogan or or, or, or you know, Tramell, and you haven't you're not you know, you can't really talk down to people. You know, stay humble and. uh least keep your eye on the prize, you know. And and don't don't let going don't success, whatever recent success you may have don't to get to your head because it can blow up in your face in an instant.
0: Yeah I, I, yeah definitely. Um setting up rings, um, I'm in I'm in the Marine Corps like I've said before and then there's definitely a lot of uh, there's definitely a paying to do system in the Marine Corps. And then professional wrestling is very similar in the way of, you know, uh, quote unquote paying your dues, uh, setting up the rings doing other things like that. And then uh, from the time I watched professional wrestling um, until, you know, until I started training and getting involved, I always just wanted to be involved with a wrestling company, you know. Yeah. Whatever it took, I always wanted to be involved. And so setting up the rings, and, and then a lot, most of the time if you set up the ring for a show and you're not working it, then most of the time as a promoter school, it lets you in for free, you know.
2: That's and true. so, uh that, that that's what I did, uh, back when Battleground was served and um I was uh I introduced myself to the promoter Jason Bennett about possibly getting on a show in the future. Um you know and I you know, helped them. I helped Ring crew, you know, I I, I asked them if I could help him ring crew. You know, that's um that's how bad I wanted to to get, you know, future consideration, you know, maybe for, you know, I don't know, in any capacity I, I just wanted to be, you know, I, I just wanted to Be on that show. But it's important just to, you know to be respectful and know your place. Like, know that you're not a superstar. You're just a local guy. You know, that like that's all you are. You know, just understand your place in and, in and, and the scheme of things, and and I think you'll be and, and you'll be fine for yourself. All
0: right. So next, um, you talk about superstars. I'm gonna bring up a couple of names: T.J. Perkins, E. Uh-huh. Boy, and. Um, let me get another name here, real quick. Quicksilver. Um, what what do those names mean to you, and what how does it feel? Oh, Human Tornado, also. And how does it feel knowing that your name will always be submitted with those names as being a SoCal Central Rookie of the Year?
2: It's uh, at times it's it's kind of hard to believe, just because I'm like, dude, like those guys are just so good, and I'm like, I'm I, I have so much to learn to deal with it meant to, to, to deserve to be mentioned the same of those guys, but it's it's really an honor. Like I just, I feel so blessed and lucky to be able to say that. You know, I <coughs> I won, the kid, although it was a very small margin. Um, I just feel lucky that I was able to pull it out. And to mention with those guys is, 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 is surreal. You know, it gives, me, it gives me goosebumps just to know that. You know, those are guys that I was watching a couple years ago at a PWG, and just you know, as a fan and as a tard, you know, and now here I am, uh, you know, coming full circle almost, you know, being able to have my name mentioned with him is truly, it's, it's a blessing. Uh, it really is. Yeah, yeah it's definitely, a, uh, I'm
0: sorry, continue.
2: Uh, I was going to say, and I have so many people to thank for that, like, uh, like Chimera, Chimera, gave him, he gave him my start, basically, I owe so much of, you know, what I am now to him, uh, he's, uh, he got me on a lot of shows. He got yeah, him he get to, booked like half the shows that I'm on that I that I've worked through because of him. Um, the guy uh, BJ or uh, one half of Rated Two Gs and his dad, out, uh you know a lot of people will say a lot of things about him, but he's uh, he really will he he will truly help you if you're young and you see that you're that you're hungry. He'll help you out I and mean, he helped me out tremendously. Um, a bunch of other guys that you know I do a lot of this too, but um, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's just an honor just to be able to be mentioning the same breath as those guys. Those guys are so awesome. You know, and you have my ass, you know, sticking the list up. You know? <laughs> but, you know, maybe one day I can live up to that, to that title.
0: Um, so you definitely had a strong first year professional wrestling uh, being, uh, being the SoCal and Central Rookie of the Year. Um, it's kind of early in the year but uh, what are some goals that you would like to accomplish in 2008?
2: A goal, uh, well, I want to put together a string of good matches. Um, (laughs) um, By string, I mean all of them. I want every match to be good this year. Um, I know that's, you know, asking for a lot, but, I mean, that's what I want. If you you good, you've got to aim high, you know. Um, I want to, I guess, make it bigger name for myself and just get my name out there more um, and just keep working shows and you know see what happens with uh, you know Epitance and some of these other shows that I'm on uh, and I'll also like in a more personal you know, personal note i like to see uh, the Negro division blow up because uh, I think that can go far I think that fits an awesome <clears throat> is an awesome thing I think you know it, it can really it can blow up but you know we'll look to see what, you know with the plan for that but you know I kind of just want to stay on the course that I'm on right now and just keep meeting new people and keep uh, making connections and keep doing shows and keep uh, taking my three bumps a match and <laughs> keep staying healthy and uh, and just uh, you know keep keep on doing the dream, keep on living the dream that's all I'm doing, living the dream
0: The Negro Division um, you know <laughs> they were talking about Gary App and then uh A lot of black workers, they've either been, well, uh, stereotypical black people uh, from Africa or whatever, or they've been gangsters. (laughs) And uh, the Negro Division, they're definitely uh, not any of those stereotypes with LPP, Willie Mack, and yourself. Um, How did the idea for the Negro Division come? And then um, how do you feel about it?
2: I think Negro Division is probably the funnest thing that I've ever done in wrestling to be part of the Urban negative Division. It's just a blast. Um, <coughs> um originally <coughs> excuse me it was um it was a uh, L C P and I were booked against uh, a couple of uh, clown dudes from NorCal. One um from APW, I believe it was Jekyll's the Jester and the other guy Dylan Grant. <coughs> yeah, Dylan Grant <clears throat> Jekyll's a Justin and Dylan Grant against uh LJP and myself, and we were just playing with uh 'cause because you know Ben Thomas is the ring announcer for uh, Epic Pro and War, and uh, he wanted to know what we were going to be called, and I I, I thought it'd always be funny to go out as like either like the color division or the Negro division or something along those lines, and I thought colored was like it was that that was like too incorrect, so I just said Negro division. Um, it was a, it was it was honestly honestly it was a, it, it was like a collective idea. Between LCP, William Mack, and myself, but uh, we we just came up with the idea. Just we call it Negro Division, and um, uh, we actually want to want to be you know actual division, not just the team. You know, we, the whole idea of it, like the whole you know thought process behind it, is that we're in, we're division, but you know we're a united division, so we don't ever fight each other. <laughs> you know, we just try to be everyone else. So, but um. It, 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 it's really fun because LPP has so much charisma and, you know, I'm just there leeching off of his uh, greatness, you know. I'm just there, you know, yeah, is good, isn't it? You know, just kind of, you know, writing his coattails. But, you know, I, I, it's a blast doing mean, It's like probably the funnest thing that, that I've ever done in wrestling so far.
0: Well, um, we're coming down for the last couple of minutes. Um, Eric, it's been an awesome interview. Um I'd like you to throw out some plugs and whatever you want to plug, uh in MySpace or any upcoming shows.
2: It's uh Epic Pro Wrestling War show coming up pretty soon, uh what is it, twenty second, I wanna say?
0: <laughs> it's twenty second or
2: twenty third. Twenty third, we're that weekend. Um, come out to that show and show sure your support. If you don't I will find you and kill you. Um you don't want that to happen. Um and the AWS show the very next day in the city of industry come to that one because uh, LTP and myself will be on that show um, and just uh, another place that I wish would uh, get more love and respect is, is the dojo the dojo they run it every Sunday in East LA and like honestly people can say what they want about you know the quality of shows or whatever but keep in mind that a lot of the guys that are there are really young and they're you know so fresh to wrestling and that you know the training that goes on there like Half the guys out here couldn't handle that, you know, couldn't handle it. they they die and pass out. So I think the dojo deserves a lot more respect than it gives. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And uh, it's Valentine's Day, so, Courtney, I love you if you're listening. I had to plug that. Um, and, uh, yeah. The, the dojo, it's, it's amazing me why, because um, it, it, it kind of has lost a little
0: bit of its name, but um, maybe... Uh, From what I've seen and what I've heard, they never really got, like, big crowds or anything like that. And then even back in the days where, like, if you look back now and you see some of the guys who came from the dojo, they don't really, um, you know, they weren't getting a big crowd, you know, and they didn't really have that big a name back then. But if you look at the guys now that came from the dojo, they're all really good. Oh, yeah. uh, So I think the dojo, uh, huh?
2: Oh, I was um, Kozlov sticks out in my mind as a guy who really has blossomed since leaving the dojo. He's like a, he's make, doing well for himself in Mexico in CMLL. He's, really, he's doing really well. He's doing really There's well down there. The name
0: that really sticks out in my mind is a guy who got started on the East Coast and really made his name for himself on the West Coast. That's Machine Gun Carl Anderson.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, Machine Gun's awesome. I forgot all about him. The machine Gun is awesome. I love a Machine Gun. <laughs> he, 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 like, if there was one guy in SoCal that I could, like, I guess be like the most, to be him, because he's just he's awesome. He's just great. All
0: right, so if uh, any promoters are listening, they want to book you, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Uh,
2: MySpace is the best way. I'm not going to give out my phone number all over the air, because that would be creepy, but uh, MySpace would be the best way to do it. Um, you can find me at uh, MySpace.com slash Eric Watts. That's what to see. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm not Bill Watts' son, but I was born with this name, and uh, I didn't choose to use it. It was chosen for me uh, as a wrestling name. So, uh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
0: Eric. Well, uh, it's been a great interview, and thank you for uh, giving your time to us tonight.
2: All right, man. Thanks, man. Take care.
0: Uh, you too. All right, that was another good episode of uh, Rebel Guard Radio. Uh, Next week, we will return on Tuesday with some new guests, and uh, Casey will be back, and uh, support independent wrestling.
1: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about
2: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.